if you're gonna make women stay at home and not do anything you have to really like encourage this idea that being a wife and mother is like your calling by god by the Führer to fulfill hi i'm anna Krane. I'm the research manager at Tech Against Terrorism, an organization that supports the global tech sector tackle terrorist and violent extremist use of the internet whilst respecting human rights. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. This week, we're exploring the ways in which gender identity is discussed and expressed within different segments of the online far right. Within far right ideologies, traditional gender roles are often deeply entrenched. They typically advocate for a return to what they perceive as traditional and conservative values, including rigid gender binaries and hierarchical structures. In these circles, traditional roles for women are emphasized, portraying women primarily as housemakers and caretakers, with the duty to maintain the family unit and preserve cultural heritage. This far-right conservative viewpoint is evident in a recent online trend, the hashtag Tradwife movement a social media hashtag and online movement that stands for traditional wives. It is primarily used by far-right supporters on social media platforms like Pinterest, Whisper and Instagram to promote a lifestyle and set of beliefs that adhere to traditional gender roles within marriage and family dynamics. In this context, Tradwife is celebrated as a revival of conservative family values, where women are encouraged to embrace domestic responsibilities, prioritize their roles as wives and mothers, and adhere to modest and nurturing behaviors. Joining us today is Nidian Frangueli, a PhD candidate at Swansea University studying gender in the online extreme right. His PhD maps the different attitudes towards gender and gendered issues that are expressed by online extreme right actors. I started by asking Ninian to share some insights into the ways in which gender identity is discussed and expressed within different segments of the online far right. When I first started looking at this, maybe three years ago, people would talk a bit more about like men and women. But now when you mention gender, it immediately becomes about like trans people. There's no there's no real understanding of gender as like a thing that everyone has. Gender has become like a gender ideology which sort of means trans people or like doing something not cis with your gender. It's not been spoken about as if men have a gender and women have a gender. It's like gender just sort of means transness. And then along with that, the idea that like trans people are sort of taking over the world with this horrible groomer cult that is inherently linked to like, anti-Semitism. But when they're not saying gender identity, you can still see that like they are engaging with ideas of gender and gender roles. And my PhD was to look at, is there a different understanding of gender across different parts of the far right? Do they have different gender roles in different places? And you, you kind of do see that. So um, it depends on the group. So really nasty sort of street fighting gangs who are interested in creating a white ethno state in you know their neighbourhood. They are looking to recruit biological males between and when they say and that's their word biological males they mean like cis men between the ages of like 18 to 35 because your role is street fighting um, and that's what they're looking for they don't want women in their movement their their movement is street fighting so they just and like in their minds only like cis men can say street fight and only cis men between 18 and 35 and then if you look at like some other groups so sort of maybe like neo-confederate groups or kkk groups they often have like options for joining membership when they're like open to married couples you can get a like reduced membership if you join a kkk branch as a married couple and that has to be like you know a, a cisgendered heterosexual married couple they're not interested in like a, like a lesbian couple 
joining their their KKK ranks. So that's kind of how they seem to understand gender in those spaces. But it's, it's very strict, like, you have to be a cis man, a heterosexual cis man, and or a cis woman, heterosexual cis woman. Because I look at the extreme right, not not so much the far right. In the far right, you have groups like Gaida or the EDL who are like intercultural differences between different ethnic groups. And uh, you know we can understand their gripe with cultural differences as like actually like a code word of saying race, like racial differences. But groups like the EDL do have like homosexual members, and that seems to be okay because their main gripe is oppressing or banning Muslim populations. And then they're sort of less fixated on like gender and gender issues there. I asked Ninian to tell me more about the Tradwife movement and to explain his connections to the far right. Tradwife is a movement of, for and by women in the far alt-right. And it's a movement that promotes traditional gender roles and the sort of correct role for, for women to take. There's some debate on like if it's like inherently white supremacist, if it's like an, an explicitly racist ideology. And it's quite complicated as to why that would be. So you do have some groups and individuals who are obviously advocating trad wife lifestyle in a white supremacist framework. Trad wives hark back to this sort of like imagined past life in the 1950s where you never had to lock your door because you knew all your neighbors and your street was really safe and your kids could play out all day. And like, and apart from that being just like not true, just besides the fact that like streets are safer these days than they were in the 1950s, when they hark back to this imagined past, what's like embedded in that is an implication that there were fewer migrants and there were fewer other racial groups. It was just like a white society that we had and therefore it was safe. So while they aren't saying the they aren't saying that bit. Some people definitely do think that bit and are advocating it because of that. And then some other people maybe haven't realized that that's what they're looking for. It's kind of like the sort of subtle embedded racism that people aren't like consciously articulating, but still have and hold. Yeah. So trad wives. I think a lot of people will see the trad hashtag trad wife and will be taken in by like the aesthetic of it and its appeal to women. So trad wife appeals explicitly, specifically to women by sort of elevating and mythologizing the role of women and the role of the mother in society. It sort of tries to give women this like mythical thing to attain that will like elevate their status, which can be quite like, you know, desirable for some people. That's like, a, it's, it's a radicalization technique. It mostly happens online. The sort of trad wife, the actual trad wife movement seems to be like more like an influencer Instagram trend rather than like, I don't think many people like offline were calling themselves trad wives until it became like a big thing in online groups. But I, you know, I could be wrong about that. Because there obviously are like all neo-Nazi nasty groups will ha- still have this belief that this is what women should do, but maybe they weren't calling it like trad wives. So for example, in like in Nazi Germany, women were awarded medals based on how many children they had. You would get the cross of the German mother when you had like four children. They're not calling them trad wives. That's just like your job as a woman is to like have lots of children. Do you know what I mean? So the ideas aren't particularly new, but like this sort of aesthetic and stylization of it seems to be quite like an online thing. The study that I'm doing looks at Pinterest and Whisper. And we look at Pinterest and Whisper because we were interested in images. And we were interested in looking at what people are hashtagging trad wives as themselves rather than 
what we would sort of go into a form and then sort of decide as Tradwife. So you're looking for content that users are saying is Tradwife. Many won't have heard of Whisper. What is it? So Whisper was really popular in, well, probably had its heyday in like 2012. It was an secret sharing app or website. And the idea is that you find a little picture and you post a little like whisper on it. So it's meant to be secret. So the idea is to like encourage disclosure and to encourage you to like share something you wouldn't share elsewhere, like maybe not on the internet. It's an inherently anonymous platform. So you don't create an account, you don't put a username. It's just like you just post the picture with your whisper. It was sort of fun back in its heyday 10 years ago. You could sort of see like really, really like sort of scandalous secrets. But yeah, because of its nature of being like anonymous and encouraging disclosure, it sort of lent itself to seeing more unpleasant stuff on the internet. Because obviously like Instagram, Facebook, you're sharing with your friends and family. You want to show people nice stuff. But on Whisper, it's like, this is where all the dark stuff goes. I wanted to find out more about the historical context behind the Tradwife movement and whether it has its roots in Nazi ideology. If you're going to have like a fascist state, you have to encourage a populace to want to do these things, right? And that kind of like means you have to sort of mythologize and encourage this like elevated status of the wife and mother for women. If you're going to make women stay at home and not do anything, contribute to society, like, you know, go get a job or whatever and do free autonomous things that lots of women want to do, you have to really like encourage this idea that, you know, being a wife and mother is like your calling by God and by the Fuhrer to fulfill. So yeah, it does have like a, a long history. And then the roles of wives in movements, like a lot of people have written much better stuff about this, like sort of the role of wives and mothers in sort of especially American white supremacist movements are, yeah, they're, they're useful. It was kind of like this idea of like a women problem in the far right and the extreme right, because the extreme right is kind of like based off, it's, it's very masculine uh, or masculinist. It's very violent. It's about racial supremacy, white supremacy. A lot of the aesthetics, also if you look at like those sort of black swastikas, the uh, black gothic fonts that are used, it's a very like masculine aesthetic. It's not really that encouraging to women. So there had to be like a reason to get women involved in it. And if your main hobbies are like drinking and street fighting, these are not things that women do as much as men. It's You, you need something else for them. So this role of the trad wife was seen as a solution to the women problem. I can't remember who said that, of like there not being enough women in white supremacist spaces. And obviously, if you're trying to build a white ethno state, you do need women. So you've got to find a way of like women being in. So this is like this idea of like women being a wife and a mother is like really important, like historically for like building these movements. So who's behind the trend? Is hashtag Tradwife really a woman-led movement? There's probably like different strands of people who call themselves Tradwives that would cover everything. If you think about the Nazis, it was like, you know, this is like encouraged, it's a top-down thing. It was a fascist state, you know, it was, everything was sort of top-down. But you know, obviously you, sh- you cannot take away any of the agency from women who do believe these things. There are lots of women who are like avowed white supremacists who do play really active roles in organizing annual summer camps for their Nazi families. And there are women who create school supplies for homeschooling children in like an Aryan way. Women, a lot of women do really believe in these ideas. I think not all of them necessarily call themselves trad wives. So if you look at like the British movement in the UK, they have an annual gathering of all of these Nazi families go together and hang out with each other with their children. This is like a thing that's organized by the women. I think they're called the vixens in the British movement. So this, that's like a, you know, women do believe in these things. They're probably not calling themselves tradwives, but like 
what they would be doing is still a tribe would probably say that it's like a tribe by thing that they're doing. And then you look at like other movements that are sort of more vokish, like the Women for Aryan Unity. They have like coloring in books that you can download on their website that have um, images of like pagan gods to like educate your children in your in your like white supremacist homeschooling of like pagan mythology. It's probably like different in different places. And if you look at like sort of the core tribe of influencers, like Wife with a Purpose, I don't know. I, I don't know her. You know, I, I have no idea. Like if she thought and read lots of like Nazi stuff for years and then sort of became a white supremacist or if it's like part of, you know, if she had, she had a, a white supremacist husband and mistaken in that way. A lot of, there is a lot of literature that says that lots of women get involved in the KKK and other movements like through their boyfriends. But I wouldn't want to take their agency away and say that like, no, women are like incapable of being racist without like a man leading them there. There's a interesting literature by Andrea Dworkin. She wrote this book called Right Wing Women where she sort of wrote, writes about the sort of phenomenon of like why women are right wing, why would women take on like an anti-feminist ideological standpoint when it's like antithetical to their their well-being? How has this happened? And in Right Wing Women, she sort of writes that in the left, lots of women find that while men are advocating women's rights and saying they're saying anti-sexist things, in reality, their behaviours are still very sexist. And that can make left wing spaces very difficult for women to engage with. Because what they're being told is happening is not what they're actually experiencing. But on the far right, if like all of the men in charge just tell you that like, yeah, you are a woman and your job is to like cook for us, at least they're honest about it. You know, you're not going to end up in some sort of like anarchist squats where we're, oh, we're all equal, but actually only the women ever wash up, which is like something you see on the left. So this like at least honesty can, Dworkin argues, is like beneficial for it sort of helps well, but it's part of why women sort of go to the far right. And also, yeah. like, in the far right, they're going to tell women that, like, you are this, like, holy ethereal being who will create our white children. This is, like, a valuable thing, whereas you don't get on the, get on the left because we're all just people over there. Based on Ninian's monitoring and research, he shared some interesting observations about the content and discussions related to trad wives online. There's like way less religious imagery than we expected. Like we really thought there'd be like God everywhere, but there's very little, very little God in any of it. So that was that was an interesting one. Something that I found interesting is that there are a lot of like anti-tradwife voices. People are sort of like posting an anti-tradwife image and then using the hashtag tradwife, and then we, we end up finding it. Which I kinda like. I think that people are I'm assuming it's women just for basically the sort of the nature of the content, but it could be anybody. People are seeing tribe content in their online spaces and they're thinking i hate this they like they don't want it there they don't want people anyone women advocating these like reactionary anti-feminist white supremacist views and they are like making their own like anti-content so you'll see like sort of there are some trad wife memes that get co-opted by anti-trad wives who can sort of like distort or recreate these memes as is the purpose of the meme really to make a comment that's anti-trad wife like i, I like seeing that i think it's really encouraging and then also what I've seen is in like the posts that we find that have longer text content, which is like not very often because we're looking at images, because I've seen quite a few that do try to like actually espouse like a proper tribe of ideology. And these ones make me quite sad because I feel like people, it's just like a very deep misunderstanding of feminism and, and the problems with the world. So sort of the posts that I see will, will say things like, Feminism is a capitalist psyop to make women work two jobs in the house and the home. And 
if you like read feminist literature, that's not what feminist literature is. Um, if you go back to the feminists of a feminist I like, uh, Alexandra Kolontai, was writing in the 1920s. And she wrote about pretty much that, about how that's not liberation, working outside the home and inside the home. That's not what that's not how we get a liberated society. And a great many modern feminists have wrote about how exactly that comment of like women have now got this like back to Anne Oakley, the dual shift of like working in the home and then you work outside the home. Um, women have this dual shift of like paid and unpaid labor. So women are constantly working. This has like been critiqued by feminism for many, many decades it is feminism was not some sort of evil plot created by capitalists to make women work harder. So and this is like not, that's not a particularly new thing to say, but a lot of people are taken in by this tribe wife narrative of like feminism is a bad thing. It has made you work twice as hard. Wouldn't you like just have one job and your one job is, or is like looking after your home and people who don't know enough, it's an easy argument for people to get taken in by them, unfortunately, but it's uh, definitely not what people are sort of saying. There's also this idea that feminists think that working at home is like anti-feminist. And that's not what a lot of feminists would say. You know, you can be a stay-at-home mom. You can not work in the economy. Like that, these things are all perfectly fine. Like that's, you know, feminism is about women being able to choose what they want to do and having the ability to choose what they want to do. But there's this sort of narrative online that you see in tribe circles that says that feminists will not let you be a stay-at-home mom. And don't you want to be a stay-at-home mom because you're like, godly mythical purposes to be a mom feminism will take that from you and it is just simply not true i finished by asking ninian how he thought social media platforms can effectively moderate trad wife content especially when the material often does not appear extreme in nature whisper is already trying with their like third party web page for like uh, resources some like de-radicalization stuff could go there if they're already signposting to like where to get help, like that's something that could be included on their where to get help pages. But yeah, I'm totally with you. It's very difficult to moderate this content when like a lot of it, the content itself is not extreme. It's like a homestead, you know, it's like sort of a basket of bread that someone has linked as ha- hashtag tradwife. And then people, a lot of them don't know what it means. A lot of them do just think it's just like, I like baking bread and I'm a wife, you know? I think a way to go about it potentially could be looking to the actual users who are posting it. So if users are posting it and they're like sort of a verified or like known white supremacist that's like linking to other content that's more extreme, then that's a way of doing content moderation. But I don't know what the impact would be of having like a pop-up that says tradwives means this because trad well, people who call themselves tradwives will, will resist being called white supremacists. I think, you know, me personally... If I was using a word to describe myself and then someone told me, oh, wait, white supremacists use that, I would be like, oh, maybe I'll find a new word that sort of is kind of a synonym, but not that word. But does that mean that they actually don't disagree with the far right? It's hard to tell. But for example, Alana Kate Pettit is a sort of semi-famous UK trad wife who has been like on the BBC and she has like a website called that, but she writes about being a trad wife and she like homes, I think she like is a stay-at-home wife with her husband in the countryside in the UK somewhere. And she's written about, like, is she, a, is she a white supremacist? And she's very adamant that all she's doing is advocating, like, traditional living, which means, in her eyes, wife stays at home, husband goes out to work, and the wife does all the housework, and then raises the children, and that's, like, how they want to live. And then she shops at, like, local farmers and, like, you know, whatever. Like, that's her traditional life. And she does not believe herself to be a white supremacist. 
I I, I don't know her. Like, I don't know. Like, if after she had a few drinks, I don't know if she's really racist. Like, I, I wouldn't, from, from what she said online, like, I don't think so. But this is like, she is like the big trad wife in the UK. So it's really hard to work out. Like, you know, do you just stop people using these words? Like, that, I, I don't really think that we should just stop that. But yeah, so maybe some like, sort of more engagement with the additional stuff that people are posting would be a, a way to go about it. But yeah, it's definitely not one that you could just fix with like a blanket ban the hashtag trad wife, I, I think. A huge thank you to Ninian for his time today. If you want to learn more about Tech Against Terrorism and our work, visit techagainstterrorism.org or follow us on Twitter at Tech versus Terrorism. I'm Anna Krana. This is the Tech Against Terrorism podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with a brand new episode. And if you enjoy listening, please rate, leave a review and share the episode as that really helps new people find us. This is an OG podcast production. Executive producer is Archie McFarlane. Produced by Adrian Dangor. Edit and sound design by Oli Giyu. Music by Rowan Bishop.